If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. This is another of our popular Listener's Choice interviews, which we're playing over the weekend. We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Today's guest is Alison Jenkin. So while Alison's previously done some show jumping and eventing, she's now a dressage specialist. She's riding, trainer and coaching. How are you today, Alison? Very well, thanks, Glenis. Good, good. Alison, if you've listened to any of our previous podcasts, you'll know that we normally ask people about an inspirational quote or a quote that they use when they're teaching. Have you got one for us today? Oh, I have had a bit of a think about a, a favourite quote, and I, I have to say I don't mind a good quote. I like a, um, reading a lot of varied ones mm-hmm. about life in general, I would have to say, but probably one that I always try to remind myself of is a good old Walt Disney one, which goes something along the lines of the way to get started is to quit talking and start doing. And I think he's had some great life quotes sort of brought back over time. And it's it's always a good one, nice and simple and just get into it sort of quote. That's right. And quite relevant too, because a lot of people do like to talk about what they want to do, but just get going, get going. There's another one that's similar, that's something like, don't tell me what you want to do, show me what you have done. Absolutely. And I think although there's a good time and space for some talking and some planning at at the end of it, and I think we all need to remember it sometimes, sometimes we've actually just got to get in and have a crack or a try and see how it goes. Yep. Good. Now, Alison, what about your first memory with horses? What were your first memory? Did you start riding early? Yeah. Just tell me a little bit about that. Oh, look, I couldn't tell you sort of the exact moment I started riding, but I come from a very horsey family. Uh, obviously, mum and dad, Peter and Diane, were, were horsey. And my sister and I grew up around horses in country New South Wales on a farm. I can't even remember not having horses, probably more to the point. There was just always horses around. So we had a really great childhood. We grew up on the land. We always had a variety of animals around, dogs, cats, chickens, horses. <laughs> we had ponies from the time we were little girls, my sister and I, and uh, we always had horses on the place. So I guess for me, it's just one of those things that was always part of life. You know, I honestly can't remember a time when there wasn't a horse around. So we rode and we did a lot of pony club and a lot of ag shows in those early years. And they were great fun. Country New South Wales had some fabulous ag shows in the days we were doing those and they were great. You met a lot of people and travelled a lot and so it was a great lifestyle for a kid. Okay. Now, because your parents were so professional, you know, I'm thinking about Di and, you know, and just yourself always riding and out there competing and everything. Did you always think that you were going to work 
with horses, become a professional coach, or was there a time that you did study something else? Just tell us a little bit about that. Oh, look, I always knew in, in some element horses would always be a part of my life in some way, shape or form. I think that was always a given. And to be honest, I never imagined, even as a kid, that my life would never involve horses in some way, shape or form. I have managed to have a bit of a corporate career as well and combine it in with the horses, which has been fabulous. But I always made sure I got some qualifications with the horse coaching and riding and things like that along the way. And I, I yeah, like I said, I think it's one of one of those things I always knew that the horses would be a big part. But I've been very lucky. I've been able to to establish a, a nice corporate career as well, which has been wonderful and and combines nicely with with the horse industry too. So I'm very lucky in that regard. Okay. Now, people that you see that you know, that that would ask you for your advice within the horse industry, what sort of, for them to be able to have the stickability, because there's a certain amount of stickability, that even if you work in another industry, it's very easy to just focus on another industry and forget about the horses. What sort of character traits do you find for those who want to go on and continue with horses and, you know, get qualified and do things professionally with horses? What character traits do you think or core skills? There's a lot of them. I, I find a lot of the best characteristics a horse rider can have are often ones that are really great life skills as well. But I think stickability or resilience is the word they quote a lot these days to hang in there. Mm-hmm. I, I think to have a long, a lifelong career with horses, you need to really enjoy your time with them as well. And it's not always about going out there and competing and winning or trying to beat the next door neighbour or your best friend. You've got to enjoy the journey along as well. You need to enjoy the ride. You need to enjoy just spending time with them. You know, you need to be able to sit back at home and just watch them clowning around in the paddock and think that's, you know, how nice it is to have that in your life. So I think... All the competition and the travel and the meeting all the people, it's really cream of the crop and absolute bonus. But I think you need to enjoy just having them in your life as well and just sort of the enjoyment that that brings you. I know a lot of people that work full-time in totally different industries and then ride part-time or compete part-time. And a lot of those people really enjoy the difference a horse brings into their life for having something away from the office, I know, for example. It's an outdoors life and it's really nice and attractive for people in that regard. And then there's a lot of people that do it full-time and chase it along as a career. And for those people, same thing, you really need to enjoy the journey with each of your horses because if you're working in the industry full-time, it, it, they're long days and hard work. You need to really enjoy that and love the job that you do if you're going to do it as a full-time career. You know, And I think everyone who's worked in the industry full-time really gets to that stage where they just love it beyond everything and just enjoy every moment of it when things seem like they're a bit tough. And that's, that's when the, the stickability or the resilience comes in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Now, you, you've been in the industry, your parents are in the industry. Apart from your parents, who else has been someone or, or people that have influenced you along your way? Look, I've been very lucky. I've seen an awful lot of good competitors from a lot of different countries, in a lot of different countries around the world as well. I And anyone who knows me well will know this. I, I love watching people in the warm-up arenas at different competitions and venues, and I love to go and watch a great 
horse and rider combination. I'm a huge fan of combinations, you know, rider and horse together. Mm. And sometimes you'll see a horse compete with a really good rider and you think, oh, I wonder how they warm up. I I love watching the warm up because you can often get a bit of a guide or a bit of a training tip that you think might work on a horse you've got um, or a pupil's horse. And I think there's a lot of information to be gained there. So I, I wouldn't pin any one rider as an influence, but I think the more you can expose yourself to riders that are good. And sometimes you might just see a nice combination at a local competition and so isn't that nice. And go and really enjoy watching them. And just, I, I'm a quite a practical learner, I guess. I learn more out of watching and doing rather than reading. Um, and you know, I know there's quite a few people in that bracket, but I think the warm-up's often a little underrated and just watching different people go in different sports too. I think sometimes as dressage riders, for instance, we get very focused on just looking at other dressage riders, whereas sometimes you could go to a, an event or a show jumping show and see some of the show jumping riders warming up a particularly fractious young one and you think, oh, maybe that'd work on my warm young dressage horse too, so in the warm-up. So I think... I think people need to just sort of keep their eye out and and keep themselves exposed to a a range of options and try and develop a sense of, that could be something I could try myself. Mm -hmm. I'm a real fan of that. And I've been very lucky because I've seen a lot through the different equestrian sports and a lot of different riders. And I'm a huge fan of doing that, watching the warm-up and just seeing what other people do. Yep. Yeah, and I understand because, you know, horses are horses. They can do dressage, they can event, they can do jumping and uh, and riders can be versatile as well. So ca- taking something from one one part over to the other is, yeah, it's good. Well, look, absolutely. And I, I think some of our best dressage riders have had a grounding in another sport, you know, mm. hacking or show jumping or eventing, you find that quite often with um, some of our some of our best riders and vice versa for show jumping and eventing as well. And, uh, you know, I, I certainly think it was great. I evented and show jumped into my early 20s and I always thought it was a great grounding as such. And then by the time I decided I wanted to sort of focus more on dressage, I think I, I was also more patient about it too, you know, which is something I probably wouldn't have credited myself with in my, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Now, you've talked about the combinations and, you know, you're not specifically saying one rider. Is that the same with horses? Is there one horse that's influenced you, maybe a horse that you've owned or a horse that's influenced you? Oh, look, I've been blessed to have a lot of great horses in my life. And, you know, every time you see one go out and compete or you ride one that's competed, well, I guess, I, you know, it's always hard to knock off the favourite ones of when you were a kid. So I, both my sister and I were very lucky to have a pony called Frosty, who was one of our first ponies, and it's always hard to beat the all-rounder that used to just knock up winning ribbons for you when you were a tiny little kid. So I guess he'd have to be one of our uh, my all-time <laughs> favourites and that he hacked and jumped and evented and did dressage and, well, he must have taught you know, six kids to get out there and compete in those days and he was just an absolute uh, champion. Um, but, you know, I, I have been particularly lucky to have some wonderful horses around, N- not only um, my own, but, you know, obviously to watch mum and dad, they've had some, some wonderful horses that I've known and, and helped out with and not necessarily competed. I'm one of these, uh, I guess, a true horse fan that, if you know, if we've bred one and it's gone on and gone well, I think that's really good. 
and certainly watching mum and dad with some of their good horses over the years, you can't help be proud of horses that you've started off or bred and that have gone on to be really good horses. And even if they're not the world's greatest competitors, if they've just gone out and done a nice job and done their best job, you can't help but be very pleased with them, mm-hmm. particularly if you've had horses that, you know, you mightn't think were so gifted at something and then they got it and went out and did a, a really good job of it for you. So, yeah, I think the attraction in the sport for me is, as I said, enjoying it and, and the horses going as well as they can and you think you've done as well as you can too and always trying to improve along the way. Is there one proud moment or is it just continual on the way? Or Is there one moment that stands out above all the others as being proud or is it just, you know, different moments that you've had along the way that make you proud? Oh, look, we've had some wonderful moments over the years. I think um, I always remember watching Mum be the Snow River Blackwood being a warm-up horse at the Sydney Olympics. That was a really big ticket thing mm-hmm. when he was he was such a young horse then and he just missed out on the Australian team. That was wonderful. And I always um, remember, you know, Adley Richard, who who we um, had going with Matthew Dowsley early in the year, he was certainly a wonderful horse as well. And it was always great to see the big CDI events go off and, and it, you know, horses we'd started off go well there too. So they were great. Mm-hmm. One of my probably own horses that I was, always very proud of was actually a, an old show jumper who I rode a lot when I was a teenager and I turned him into a hack as well and I won miles and miles of girl rider classes on him and he really wasn't a hack but anyway <laughs> he turned into this wonderful riding class horse and it was an old horse called Trin and I always remember him very fondly just okay. because he uh, to me it was really amusing that he that there was no way he was a hack but <laughs> he was a uh, wonderful wonderful riding class mm-hmm. horse Mm-hmm. because he'd been around and done a heap. And um, I remember always being very proud of him because he was, uh, you know, turned into this beautiful, beautiful hack despite the fact he didn't really think he was one. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, while you're out there, you know, riding, showing, hacking, competing, doing dressage, think about a training tip for horses, for riders, something that you might see often, talk about what the problem is and then how to fix it. You know, what sort of tip that you would give the rider that's with that horse at that moment? I think one of the great things about horse riding is is that you not only get to assess the horse and try and keep a good understanding, you need to assess yourself. And if you've got something that's really just genuinely not working, and you find that at home or you find that out, then you sometimes you just need to stop and have a think about it and say, you know, this is not working, what can I do? You often see people getting frustrated, even with the handling side of things at competitions and that, because they can't quite manage something. And I think sometimes people need to just draw a, a breath before they get sort of upset or deterred or even a bit slightly uh, anxious or angry about it. And just draw a breath and have a think about it. And in some cases, you might come back and think to yourself, I actually have absolutely no idea what to do about this. And I think then you need to decide, well, you know, is, is this a, something I need to go and get some help with? Is there something I could read up about and learn? And you need to have a, a, a bit of a think about it. And sometimes you might find that you need to do a combination of all of those things. I find these days a lot of people haven't necessarily grown up with horses and they might only have one horse and they may not get the same amount of handling or riding in and sometimes their basics aren't there. And I think a lot of us that have grown up with horses 
can find that a little hard to understand because we, we've handled so many and we've worked in the industry full time that we take things a little automatically and it's a little bit quicker for people that are in the industry all the time or grew up with them. And I think sometimes people miss some grounding or some some miles in their experience riding and handling in that regard. So I think everyone needs to just sort of sometimes take a breath mm-hmm. and say, you know, is this something I can fix? Have I fixed this before? Is this going to be an ongoing issue for me? And then have a long, hard think about whether they think it's something they can handle themselves without getting into any great danger or whether they need to sort of start thinking about seeking a bit of help. And particularly, I know with the, the warm bloods, which are, you know, the, the favourite dressage horse these days, they're a very smart horse. And I think sometimes people would find them a little easier if they sought a bit of help or advice earlier on mm-hmm. rather than leaving it till it was a, a big, big problem. They're, the warm bloods are, are fabulous at their sport, but sometimes they're a little misunderstood. And uh, uh, I think with, with them in particular, they're so talented, but getting them on the right track earlier is always wonderful. Sure, sure. Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory with practical components that can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website again is onlinehorsecollege.com. Thanks. Okay, now you talked about one of the options, one of the many options you gave is reading up and learning. Is there a book that you would recommend for our listeners that they could read and learn? Because I know you said you're a practical person yourself, but, you know, there must be something, yeah. Look, any of the great masters in your chosen sport, um, I have a bit of a look through Facebook. It's a great social media, and I I think you can be bombarded by social media these days. But I love it for the fact that you can have a look at, um, for instance, you know, over the last decade or so, England and their dressage team have just been, you know, absolutely dominating Europe and winning a lot of stuff and how lovely it's been to see their background and what they do with their horses and I certainly went along and sat in on the masterclass when Charlotte was out here at Vulture and it's wonderful to hear about what they're doing at home, how they hack the horses out. So I think if you see a a rider that you like the look of or a trainer that you like the look of, I would grab their book absolutely and I think everyone's got a slightly different style that they think would suit them. So I certainly like the, the British horse. I'm a huge fan of Isabella Ware from Germany. I saw her ride when she was out here for some classes um, many, many years ago, and I was always particularly impressed with her that she could get onto a young horse that was, you know, trying to stand vertical. I thought that was just the best thing ever. And so I I would read stuff that she wrote, for instance. Okay. So I think if you've seen someone you particularly, and everyone will have a slightly different person. I know... A lot of people love George Morris in the show jumping world because of his absolute wisdom across many different sports and training. So he would be another one I'd recommend for all-rounders, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Alison, what are you looking forward to? What have you got here? Um, horses that are coming along, students that are coming along, breeding horses? Yeah, and, look. Yeah. A bit, a bit of all of that. So um, I've got some great young horses coming along myself. We've got some wonderful young horses coming through the ranks now. We're, 
we've got some lovely brood mares that we actually bred. And so we're, both mum and dad are breeding quite a few these days and, and they're all just starting to come through to a rideable age and sort of get to the stage of being out to compete over the next 12 months, which will be great. And they're, they're warm blood horses. Mm-hmm. I've got two young ones myself who um, will be looking forward to getting out and about with next year. So, yeah, I think um, I really enjoy the young horses. It's certainly not everyone's cup of tea, but I really enjoy them and I I like the challenge of sort of getting them going and right from scratch and then getting out to compete. And I still, I enjoy riding them uh, out still and I take them, I'm quite happy to still go out hacking and trail riding and that sort of stuff and go out with them, whereas I don't jump or cross country anymore, but I still do like riding them out, which is good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good thing with, with the young horses. So, yeah, look, at that for me will be uh, – I'm sort of looking forward to next year in that regard. Okay, good, good. You, you've said quite a lot. You know, your, your philosophy's come through a lot, starting right from sort of stop talking, get started, and talking about your horse Frosty and then going on, you know. It's um, making sure that the basics are there and telling people to just stop and – think about what they're doing, asking for extra help. Can you sum up your whole philosophy into a lesson today for our listeners just so they can take something away with them? If I was going to sum it up in a lesson, I think, as I probably said earlier, I'm a huge fan of of a combination, Mm -hmm. horse and rider. So Mm -hmm. I think both parties have got to bring something to the combination, but the rider is the one who who deemed it was the combination, so they got to do the choice. The the horse was the one who just came along and and got volunteered into the (laughs) role, so to speak. So I think as riders, we need to be very wary of that. So the horse didn't sort of come and pick us out of the pack, we pick them. So and I think we need to guard that. And I think that in this day and age, we need to be very conscious of trying to build that combination. So yes, we do need to train them and, and all of that, but we need to be in charge of our emotions and our feelings and try and make sure that we're, whilst we're training and improving ourselves, we're also trying to improve and train and do the best for the horse as well. Mm-hmm. And then I think both parties get a an enjoyable experience about it and enjoy the trip too you know I see a lot of people very focused on just the outcome of the competition you've got to enjoy the journey as well because you spend more time at home training than you than you do out at the cops so if your ambition is to be a competition rider you need to enjoy your rides and your days and and as I said just watching them clown around in the paddock some days you need to enjoy them enjoy the little stuff and the big stuff okay good Good. Now, Alison, how can people contact you? My mobile and email are listed, but also through Facebook. As I said, I'm, I'm quite a – I think the horse world's very good at using Facebook and it's a good source of information and advice. And uh, But, yeah, they can certainly find me on, a, on my Facebook page okay. as well. And that's just Alison Jenkin. That's Alison yep. Jenkin, absolutely. Yep. Yep. All right. And also you'll be on our Horse Chats page, which will be horsechats.com slash Alison Jenkins. So if people want to confirm those um, details, we'll have them there. Yeah. All right. Right. Thanks very much for your time today, Alison. It's been great talking to you. Thank and, um, you. Thank you. And thank you for enjoyed- the call. Yeah. Hopefully everyone else has enjoyed it as much as I have. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Glenna. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. 
If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 